Welcome back, filthy hoes. <laughs> Didn't you guys miss that? Hi guys, it's E with a K here, and I am back giving you another episode of Unpacked Filth. Now you may have noticed that there was not a secondary intro, and that is because my co-host, E with a C, is um, taking a little bit of a sabbatical from the current events of life. And we're just going to lift her up in true witchy fashion and um, light a candle. So if you guys want to do that, that would be great. But (laughs) it doesn't escape me that we have been gone for a little bit. And I do want to explain that. But first, I want to say, in addition to a hello and welcome back to the show, I want to say while we were gone, well, before we were gone, we hit our milestone goal of a thousand streams. And although 300 of them are mine, there's at least 700 streams that I know for a fact that we earned. (laughs) And I just want to say thank you so much for you guys' support and sharing and liking and telling your friends as we ask you guys to do every episode. And hopefully we're on the road to 2,000 streams and 3,000 streams and so on and so forth. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And E with a C also sends her thanks and, you know, gratitude as well. (sighs) So uh, where have we been? Oh my gosh. So it's really funny because I looked at the calendar and I was like, hmm, exactly 29 days ago, we recorded the episode we were going to release that week, Um, but that didn't happen for a variety of reasons. One, we were super dog fucking tired, and I know that sounds like a cop out, but listen to me, like, listen, listen, we're friends. Guys, I had been working nonstop, like, higher hours than normal. Now I said that I try not to work over 40 hours, but I've been clocking in the hours. Even the C was clocking in her hours in her normal, regular, regular job. And so it just got to a point where we kind of hit a wall. I was gearing up to celebrate my birthday. I was going to go find some, um, eggplant. (laughs) I'm going to try to refrain from saying dicks on here because apparently my family listens and they listen religiously. So hi guys, side note. But anyway, (laughs) I went to, um, go visit a gentleman caller and I might tell you guys about that later. Maybe, uh, however that happened and then E with a C's life kind of went awry and here we are. So tomorrow, and as I'm recording this, it's Wednesday. Um, so tomorrow's Thursday. Oh, it's like 30, 30 days since the last time we recorded together, me and E with a C. And we didn't put out that episode like I was about to say, because for the most part, we wanted to give you guys this really cool um African American Black History Month, whatever you want to call it, experience. 
And it got to the point where like it just didn't come together in a way that we felt proud of. And so this episode, we were going to kick off um, the second part of that series, which you guys heard the um, first one where we talk about Dar- uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. So we wanted to continue that same energy, but it just fell flat. We were tired and then we made the mistake of getting super high. So there's that. And I personally, I don't think I want to be high when I like hang out with you guys every week. You know what I mean? So um, I like you guys too much for that. So we didn't really want to put that episode out, but we did an Instagram poll where you guys said you wanted to hear it anyway, and we felt really bad for leaving you guys high and dry. So on the happy side, the happy note that we have here is um, you guys will get to hear parts of that episode. Um, and you probably can hear um, in our voices that we were really trying to piece together the main theme of this episode, which we never want to happen again. Um, I'm rambling. However, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like I owe you guys kind of an explanation as to like what the fuck happened. And I didn't want a ghost. So, um, and well, I correct myself. I didn't want a ghost and then like sneak my way back in. You feel me? So, I wanted to be fully transparent. We wanted to be fully transparent. Just say like, yo, life kind of happens and we're trying to come back. So what else? The other thing I want to say is, um, guys, it is um, some trying times in the world. Make sure that you're being safe. Um, make sure you're wearing a mask especially in our um, home states of the South um, because some bullshit is happening there. So just make sure you're doing the right thing at all times. Um, We're still in a pandemic. Unfortunately, as much as people want to deny that this is harmful, um, please make sure you do your due diligence and just be safe. I was safe while traveling. um, And I feel like we can still try our best to flatten the curve if that's even still a thing but you know I figured I'd use verbiage that we can all understand and you know just doing your part so that's all I really wanted to say I'm so glad that you guys have tuned back in and you didn't like get pissed off at us and say fuck us but I don't know the episode's not out yet so we'll see um And as far as the future of the podcast, I will personally guide you guys into E with a K land and do some fun stuff. I want to invite some guests on while E with a C kind of uh, recuperates and does her thing. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the the running idea in my head is to bring guys on that I've fucked, but... (laughs) E with a C does not want us to have have a sex podcast because it's been done. However, I just think it's funny and interesting. I love having conversations with people that I um, have connected with in multiple ways. And if you're my family listening to this, sorry, but you know, you're just getting to know me as the world does, which I'm pretty open about everything. So 
whatever. So anyway, guys, I will catch up with you guys later, maybe with a guest, maybe solo. We don't know yet. But if you have any suggestions or if you have people that you want me to interview, send them our way at unpackedfilth at gmail.com. Um, also, you can send in listener questions, which would be great because that'll be some some good content. Um, and hopefully I'll talk to you guys soon. As always, I'll be on Instagram um, popping in and out. And I love you guys. Thanks so much for being a part of the filthy family um, or just being a filthy hoe. However you identify, it's all good here. So uh, further ado, here is the um, <laughs> the show that we recorded a month ago. <laughs> talk to you later. Bye. Make it drop. Hey, y'all. <laughs> and welcome back to another bonus edition. That was my job. <laughs> but seriously, thank y'all for those of you who listened, those of you who shared. Just thank y'all very much in helping us get to that thousand stream. But anyway, I'm excited for this bonus episode. Yeah, we didn't even introduce ourselves. I'm E with a K, and I really wanted some chicken wings and waited an hour and 20 minutes for them. Like it's a Saturday or something, or like it's the Super Bowl, which shouldn't have happened this year. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I'm E with a C, and did you know that if you take melatonin every night, it really messes up your sleep cycle? I guess what it does is... Since you're taking it, your production of it lowers, and therefore, like, you need more of it. Mm-hmm. Your sleep gets messed up. Yeah. And you're supposed to have a bedtime routine. Like, you're not supposed to look at your phone two to three hours before you decide to go to sleep. And you're not supposed to take the melatonin half an hour before you, you're like, oh, I'm going to go to sleep. You're supposed to take it in that two to three hours. That way your body knows to relax. And there's so many other, like, factors that go into sleep. That could also be its own episode. But Mm. real quick, if you have your room too hot, that will also mess up your sleep. Yeah. Um, You definitely looked into this, um, (laughs) what messes up your sleep thing. (laughs) Been waking up at 2 in the morning. I do something productive with my time. You know they say um, most people who identify as witches, if they wake up at 2 a.m., that the magic is calling you, so you should probably do some conjuring. Oh, shit. It's called the witching hour at 3. Damn. So, what are we talking about in this episode? So, we're going to touch on the Golden Globes and the Grammys and how black artists have been snubbed yet again. (sighs) <sighs> I mean, it happens every year, though. That's my it thing. Does. It does happen every year. And I am constantly gobsmacked every year. Because to these people who are nominating, I'm like, did you not watch this? Did you not listen to this album? Were you not moved? <laughs> well, I think that when... 
they're nominating these people, there has to be some there has to be something that we're not seeing. And I have no idea what that is because uh, obviously we have just the untrained eyes. However, I mean, I think if it goes against the general consensus, then I feel like they're just trying to rock the boat for no reason. Like, I really want to know like what is behind the scenes. Like I want, the boards to be transparent because let's take the Golden Globes for example. Mm-hmm. Have you seen or heard anything about this show called Emily in Paris? No, not really. Okay. So I have not seen it either, but as far as I know, it is from the same guy behind Sex in the City. And it's basically like an American fantasy of what it would be like to be a social media influencer in France like in your early 20s mid to early 20s and that got I think three Golden Globe nominations meanwhile meanwhile I Made Destroy You was not nominated for one mm-hmm. and I don't know who's who has listened to I May Destroy You if you have please hit me up on Instagram and Desantrix I need to talk about it with someone anyway Michaela Cole produced it she wrote it she starred in it and it like talks about trauma and the culture that we live in and how we're expected to deal with certain types of trauma and I've had to watch it like two or three times to like pick up on details that I've missed and continue to miss and I have to read recaps and then I have to go back and watch it again because I'm sure I missed something but it is amazing and it didn't get a single fucking thing. Like, I heard about it on BuzzFeed, and that's about it. I haven't seen, like, any other real um, mainstream outlet talk about it. Mm. I wonder why, like, what is it that they're not seeing? Or was the motivation behind not mo- not nominating them? Well, you know me. My default answer is racism. Racism is what keeps them from seeing it. Mm-hmm. Or just makes them continue to neglect it because they're experiences that they can't necessarily relate to. Because a lot of these boards are mostly made up of older white men and older white women. Mm. So their taste in what's relevant or what's award-worthy is not always in line with what's actually good. I wonder if they have to watch all this. I don't think they do because otherwise there wouldn't have been injustice against I May Destroy You. <laughs> I like how you said that. Uh, the Grammys, I mean, notoriously just gets it wrong a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. They do, they do. Like, actually, let me Google something really quick before I say this. Because, mm. to the best of my knowledge, Beyonce has not won like best artist of the year or best album. So, looking up Beyonce's stats with Grammys, it looks like she's won a lot of like 
visual Grammy Awards as opposed to, you know, just winning by being amazing. Yeah. I mean, I would say the same thing about The weekend. I mean, a lot of people didn't like his Super Bowl performance, which I saw it and I thought it was great. But I love The weekend, and we refer to him as Abel. Because <laughs> he deserves reverence. And, like, the thing about them being snubbed, like, for example, I May Destroy You, Beyonce, and The weekend, a lot of their stuff that we find at the public finds worthy of nomination, it always tells a story. Like, how The weekend. Well, he explained why he was wearing bandages and what the storyline was for his album. And it's basically about, like, plastic surgery and vanity, like, taking over your life. That's incredible. Yeah. And so I feel like they want us to have these, you know, stories that people can relate to or, like, be very grand. And again, like we said in the last episode, like, we always have to be better. Like, we, we give these, like, artistic lenses in the craft, whatever it is, acting or singing. And is overlooked you know there's some people getting nominated out here i clearly don't pay attention to the grammys because i'm like what's the point um but there's some people getting nominated out here like adele's getting nominated out here now keep in mind i think adele's fantastic but she's not telling stories the way the weekend is or the way beyonce has been telling stories with their visual albums and yet beyonce lost to her Mm-hmm. Adele's just thinking about sadness and love. And who isn't thinking about sadness and love, but still? Yeah, I I think that the amount of effort, not saying Adele doesn't put any effort, because, again, I love Adele as well. And I think that even if you, like, compare, like, the stylistic choices, then... She, I guess, sure, like, some people are love Adele because she's very classic, and Beyonce is just a powerhouse. But I'm not sure what what is Grammy-worthy. Like, I would think it would be being innovative in your craft, you know what I mean? And doing something different or taking chances. And I guess that's not good enough. I guess that's not, like, the full criteria, but even if you're judging it by sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Some music person is going to be so annoyed with us. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be like, technically, Adele, like, does not have the same amount of vibrato that Beyonce does, and therefore she doesn't slide her notes or whatever the fuck. Whatever the music people talk about, I don't know. I'm not trained in music. Mm-hmm. I have classes and choir, and that's about it. Anyway, <laughs> even if you're just like, you know, let's say like if you're just strictly how many units each artist sold or produced or whatever, mm-hmm. then it doesn't make sense because, like, if we just take the weekend, like, he. Sold or streamed a lot of units of music. Mm-hmm. Climb the charts. Right. But then you have things like, oh, God. 
I do love this song as a guilty pleasure, but Yummy by Justin Bieber was nominated for Best Pop Solo Performance. Which he was upset about, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw that he's like, it was technically R&B, not pop. And I'm like, shut up. He's like, I put my soul into this R&B sound. How dare you not recognize the greatness of what it is. Oh, yummy, yummy. Girl, I got that yummy, yummy. I'm like, that speaks from the heartstrings, Justin. Well, I mean, I just picture a a room full of, I'm sure, musically inclined, um, you know, people who vote on this shit. (laughs) And I feel like they're, like, seriously having a distinguished conversation about, like, why yummy deserves an award. <laughs> They're like, well, you know, the cadence of the, you know, the beat and the downbeat really was succinct <laughs> with the underlying note or whatever the fuck. Do you see how he effortlessly changes notes from ooh and yummy? That's a word <laughs> in and of itself. And if we're talking about inflection, honestly, I don't understand why the song song wasn't nominated for a Grammy. I'm getting. <laughs> that's one of the great tragedies <laughs> of our generation like we've faced a lot of tragedies but one like, of the great pop culture tragedies is that Cisco's oh did not gain any <laughs> he put his whole soul into that pelvic thrust and that O. Oh. <laughs> Our favorite thing to do is be like, no. He just couldn't handle the power of the song and the booty. <laughs> it was too much for him <laughs> to like just dramatically fall <laughs> to the floor and be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) This is the bonus episode, so excuse us. (laughs) (sighs) We are talking about why Grammys (laughs) apparently do not recognize true iconic moments in music history. Because if they did, if they did, they would have best moments and it would be awarded to Cisco every year. Especially when he has like a separate breakdown within the song. He's like, your breasts, your thighs. <laughs> like the rest of the song is so point. He's like, baby, the thong. <laughs> baby. <laughs> and the song's like proceeding as normal. Like, I'm not like so happy about the song. And he's like, no. <laughs> it's too much. So, all of it is just so. So blinding. <laughs> Listeners, tell us your feelings about the thong song because clearly we can't get enough of it. I can't. <laughs> oh, God. That was so great. <sighs> Listen, like, I think part of the insult is. Not only is, like, the stuff that's being nominated actually trash. Like, from what I've read about Emily in Paris, it sounds like true 
not even like good teen drama trash. It's no Riverdale. It's just straight trash. Yeah. So not only is there the insult of like straight trash is being nominated for what's considered to be like a prestigious award. Mm-hmm. But then like especially on the music side, you see the influence of black culture being used, recycled, and appropriated, and you're like, ah, you're not even doing it right! Because Justin Bieber with his, like, bullshit. (laughs) I should have been nominated for R&B. Bitch, if you don't say your Canadian pop ass down. (laughs) I mean, he does. When I first started listening to Justin Bieber... I refused for a really long time. And essentially, I heard some of his, like, song that was on his album. I was like, oh, he's kind of, like, R&B-like. Like, you can hear it in some of his music. I think his latest stuff, actually. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But wasn't he, isn't his mentor, like, Usher or something? Yes. Usher picked that little white boy and mentored him all the way to the Michael Jackson top. Ah, you know, he kind of did. But you never hear them talk about each other. That is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be here without Usher. But, yeah, I mean, they did one song together. Mm. Okay. But you would think, like, if you wanted to boost some sales... Especially Usher, because I don't know what Usher's doing right now, but if he wanted to boost some sales, maybe, like, do a little collab, get the girls going, get the panties shipped, because we can't throw them on stages now, because of COVID. You know they used to ship panties. I'm I'm just, like, giving you all this, like, side note shit. Do you know they used to ship panties in the mail? (laughs) To these stars? Mm-hmm. That used to be a thing, like Elvis Presley. Oh, yes, it is. So this is happening. Mm-hmm. And how is this, like, harmful to us? Like, what does it have to do with us? Hmm. Well, frankly, I'm just upset. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to talk about it. I was like, Michaela Cole was snubbed yet again. And I won't stand for it. Well, it's kind of like how I felt about um, conspiracy theories. You're like, what does that have to do with us? Everything. (laughs) But we don't believe in conspiracy theories. And you're like, you don't understand. (laughs) It's taking over the world. This is why shit is happening. This is why people don't fucking follow the rules. (laughs) So, out of the 60-something times that the Grammys has done a show, only 10 Black artists have been named Artists of the Year. So, again, it's that thing of enjoying these Black artists, their creations, their music, but never really saying, like, you're good enough to be Artists of the Year. And it's... It's the mainstream media's way of, like, putting Black artists back into a box underneath that we can, like, pop in and out whenever we want to. Mm. It doesn't allow for any real growth. It's just... 
it it's a way of saying you know thank you so much for all your work thank you so much mr cisco for the pelvic thrust love it love everything about it unfortunately you're just not as good as i don't know shanae o'connor mm. you're like who's shanae o'connor irrelevant because she didn't have a pelvic thrust <laughs> she didn't have to do all that I feel like white people have spent the majority of the 19th and 20th century making black people feel like we can't rise above their glass ceiling. No matter how much we feel like we're making progress, there's never true progress because if it were truly equal, you know, there wouldn't be that ratio of 10 nominations of best or 10 winners of best new artists to I don't know 50 something yeah and you know what else um, kind of struck me as you said that there's like this glass ceiling that will never be cracked um, and you even said earlier that you know this is nothing new it it kind of numbs you to like the injustice of it because it happens every year and it's easy to shrug off like, Oh, so such and such didn't get nominated or this percentage of black artists were nominated in comparison to this percentage of white artists and, you know, Oscar so white, like the whole ordeal it's now it's kind of like, well, yeah, this is to be expected. And it numbs us to asking for anything more. Yeah. Because if you're just like, if you're stuck at one thing, it's hard to see past all the other things you're missing out on. And why would you try to go for like the higher things? Why would you try to go for best artists of the year or like trying to be better than your competitors if there's no real reward in that other yeah. than like you're the internet's new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And, and bills. Well, yeah. And it just, I mean, I feel like, you know, a lot of black people say is, you know, they try to hold us back and we still are excellent anyway in the things that we do. So, and what on the one hand, we're going to do our thing and be excellent regardless of whoever says or whoever confirms it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. In anything that, any craft, you're going to want to be acknowledged as the best if you are the best. And it's just, it's more of, it's one of those things that I feel like white people really won't understand when we talk about it in a collective. Like, when we're having this internal struggle with, like, I'm doing something so well, and I just want everybody to acknowledge and know that I'm doing well at something that I love to do. And... It's it's like a moral robbery, I guess. I, maybe that's not the right word, but it's like a, I don't know. It's, it's something like deep, like you, it feels like they take something 
more primal within you. Like your it's more than your pride. It's just like it's like spirit breaking. Mm. It's like taking away your intrinsic value. Like I intrinsically know I'm the best and I deserve to be rewarded for it. And here come white people like, you know, I just I just don't see it. No. Mm. It's just something about it. I don't get it. So no. Yeah. I'm gonna say that with my chest. No. <laughs> yeah. So, so sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's just a continual white people are basically like our parents in the way that they would say because I said so. Mm. I'm going to rephrase that because I don't want white people to think that they are truly paternalistic. White people are the true embodiment of because I said so. I don't know. It's just, it operates like, I feel like as a black person or or a person of color, because I think other people might feel like this as well, um, in America at least, like, you... You know that there is a system and you notice you notice that the other people operate on a whole other set of rules and you want like that equalness and that fairness but you can't like cuz you you don't even know what that even looks or feels like. Mhm. I think what would get to me is watching like these people enjoy my shit. But never getting acknowledgement for it. And never, like, not even, like, you're the best. Just, like, not even seeing, like, the actual industry difference that I'm making. hmm Or that, like, this craft that I'm, like, training in and trying to succeed in. Like, they don't even fucking see me. That feels like the real ball-busting, soul-crushing moment of it all. Yeah. (sighs) And... And then we make our own lane for ourselves. So we'll have, like, the BET Awards, the, you know, the Essence Awards, the Image Awards, you know, so many awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's nice to have those things and they are like uplifting cause they're like amazingly black. Like I love it. And I love that we have them, even though that some white people are like, that's reverse racism. <sighs> um, <laughs> which for another time, <laughs> but you know, we're always going to, like I said, want that experience to be acknowledged from everybody and not just our own community of the impact that we're making. And just be like, yeah, we see that this is y'all shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so here's the other thing. Like, BET Awards and Essence Awards, they're truly like a fucking joke or a non-factor. From everyone else. From everyone else, yeah. 
what do you say when you're like, oh, the validation for my community is not enough? It's like having the Latin Grammys for Latinx singers, and you're like, this is cool, but of course we like our own shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how you just put that. Of course we like our own shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> mm. So <laughs> let's take a break on that note. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want people to sit with that because that was dope. <laughs> Welcome back, filthy hoes. Back, serious. Not award nominated. Mm-hmm. Very serious. Because we're tired of this shit. Oh, I thought you were just going to leave it at we're tired. I was like, yeah. Mm-mm. Of this shit. That too. What should we demand more of? From like these award shows. Cause like personally, I feel like we should all pull a Beyonce and just not watch it. I mean, I'm already not watching it. So <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but for real, um I think something we should be demanding more of are two things. Transparency as to how this process works and more inclusion, not just diversity for diversity's sake, but like true inclusion of women, black people, Latinx, people from the LGBT, LGBTQA community, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. To be in this process. Because if you just have like, the same old, same old. Even if you're a white guy, like, on this board, and you invited another white woman, thank you for adding the eighth perspective, an eighth of a new perspective mm-hmm. that was necessary in this process, and you need to do better and be willing to accept that you do have to do better. So, I think when we talk about award shows and who's deciding like what's award winning we have to look at who's making these decisions yeah I'm looking up who's making these decisions because we gotta know this is the true Illuminati like this is the shadow government that everybody keeps fearing except they just make decisions about what music we should listen to and what movies are Oscar worthy also, while you're looking that up, I just want to say, movies that usually win Oscars are boring as fuck. I'm like, this is terrible. This won an award? Well, these say these are the board of trustees. I mean, they definitely look white. <laughs> hmm. So, a multi-platinum selling producer. CEOs of Various record companies. So. I mean. Yeah. Literally if. um, Just because you're the CEO of something. (laughs) Doesn't mean that you're like about that life. It doesn't mean you have taste. I guarantee you most. Like I don't know a lot of CEOs. But I have worked for a lot of attorneys. 
And they don't have any fucking taste. They don't have taste in food. They don't really have taste of music unless it's like put on a shuffle. Then they accidentally get some taste. And they don't have taste in clothes. They don't got no fucking taste. <laughs> they don't got no fucking taste. It's like every year they're like, so our Grammy nominees this year are Maroon 5, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion, Taylor Swift, blah, blah, blah. And then they drop the ball and they're like, we will be accepting no further questions. And it's like, you didn't even accept any of my questions. Come back here. Okay. According to the Academy, the voting members behind the Grammy Awards include music industry professionals who represent a diverse set of backgrounds. Members professions can include anything from vocalists, songwriters, engineers to producers and everything in between. To be qualified for membership, however, voting members must have creative or technical credits on at least six commercially released tracks on a physical music release or 12 on a digital album. Voting members must be in good standing with their dues, which is, oh, oh, they're only $100 a year. According to Billboard.com, 12,000 of the Academy's total 21,000 members are eligible to cast votes. So that's interesting. Hmm. But who, like, so the diversity comes from what they do in the music industry? Yeah, so the diversity is, let's see, voting members have creative and technical credits on at least six commercially released tracks. So they at some point worked on some type of um, official music. Mm. So I guess vocalist, songwriter. So that's the diversity. So, I mean, if you, okay. So say, so say you're a qualified vocalist or producer and you're in the Academy and I'm assuming that these people have to have either some type of classical training, too. Mm. I don't know. I mean, the vocalists, at least. Producers, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I don't know what producers really do. <laughs> I'm, well, I mean, I think they're just like the horsepower behind the actual record and production, all that. Well, I think some producers, they actually um, input on, like, the beat or, you know, what what the artistic direction of the song is, so. Yeah. Pharrell. They're producing stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we know for sure Pharrell's probably on the board. <laughs> what the fuck, Pharrell? <laughs> Letting down the unit. I wonder why it's only a hundred dollars a year for the dues. Yeah, so now like I have even more questions because before when I thought it was just racism, I was like, all right, this makes sense. But now it just sounds like you lend in too many people. <laughs> this could be incompetence. <laughs> Maybe it's more along the lines of traditionalism versus artistic freedom. 
I don't know. I'm no Perot. Mm. You know, is the weekend was robbed. I don't know. There's something fishy going on because now I can't really explain it. That's not why it's fishy, but I'm like, there's something fishy if like the ratio is still that bad. Okay. Let's look into the Grammy nominating process. So the Academy's voting members who contact information is not disclosed are involved in the creative technical recording fields. They participate in the nominations that determine five finalists in each category and the final voting, which names the Grammy winners. So submission. So recording Academy members and record companies submit music and music videos to the recording Academy for consideration. Um, blah, 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 blah. A, a star panel of 150 experts in various fields receive each Grammy submission to make sure that it's eligible and meets the qualifications. Um, it's in the proper category. Um, they vote only in their areas of expertise, which can include as many as 20 categories in the genre fields, of which where there are 30 currently. Um, plus four additional cat- categories. Um, final voting. Finalists named by special nominee committees, which includes craft and other specialized categories, are also tallied in the ballot. During the final round, recording academy members can again vote up to 20 categories in the genre fields plus four categories of the general field. And then, let's see. Final results remain unknown until the Grammy Award presentation. Did you know that only 30% of the awards are presented during the televised event? The remaining 70 are given out in the afternoon before the live show. Hmm. Let's back this thing all the way up. So, I feel like this is a carefully curated um, ploy by the media. <laughs> Get where I'm going with this. So okay. this I'm going to strap so, in. Huh? I'm going to strap in for this explanation. I'm going to get cozy. So, listen. The Grammys is a marketing scheme from the record labels and companies that put into this pot. And they're like, okay, these are all of my artists, and these are all the people that make me money. Okay? All the things that have made me money. Very popular. But the Grammys is not only, and this is just a theory, the Grammys are not only for mainstream music. This is for, like, other popular works around the globe. I guess America. I'm not really fucking sure what they vote on. But anyway. So... The music producers are like, hey, this sounds like a great idea to get people interested in who's going to win this award show every year. Therefore, it's bringing eyes to my artists who are already making me money, pouring in more, and driving up fan crazes. So, by the time this Grammys award show rolls around, 
they make it a big spectacle. Like, okay, we're going to nominate for their, the nominations for the Grammys are going to come out. And we, the public, think that this is an award show strictly for mainstream artists and, you know, other side products that we don't care about, kind of like the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people win, like, best score, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but bringing it back to the Grammys. So they're like, okay, we're going to put all these people, we're going to make this, like, a huge deal, and then we're going to take all these technical music people, they're going to vote on, like, a hundred different people, and they can submit whatever they want, according to this article. And it's like a battle of the bands of who's going to be... <laughs> I made it funny. It's like a battle of the bands. <laughs> <laughs> to get like, you know, these these artists. So I'm going to shift complete gears. I don't think this award show is for the people. <laughs> it pretends to be for the people. Mhm. But it's not. It's all to drive money and and recognition towards record labels to make more money off of people. It's all a big marketing scheme. Mm. So are these the albums that like are kind of doing well but could use more attention? I think the other 70% of the awards. Mm. So they put, like, some of these big names up front to be like, ooh, look, these are our best beats. Come buy the rest of the beats. And you realize the rest of the beats are just average looking. They got little bumps on the side, but they're fine for what they do. They yeah. They're by Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce, but they'll be just fine. Mm. So when I, I feel like whenever they... Okay, because just like everything else, I'm going down the rabbit hole, and I'm still a little high. So, <laughs> so now, it's just like anything else with the world that we live in. They're, the Grammys by itself, like, if you look at it, like, no one conceptually is going to give a shit about an Academy Award um, for music, like, classic music or whatever. So, probably a long time ago, they were like, Let's make this interesting for the people. And then it became like this pop culture phenomenon of like who's going to win the Grammy every year. And this would also explain why people are so excited when they win their Grammys because these music professionals thought their shit was the shit. I think you have a point. Like, because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. The award shows themselves make sense. It's like if you ever watch the Oscars or. I really, I like The Good Place just because it was a different take on, like, existentialism and the afterlife. I just thought it was interesting. Plus, Cheaty? Cheaty. We love Cheaty. And his body. Mailman calendar. Mm. Need that calendar. (laughs) think this still pertains to racism because like anything why people have to be the face of things <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy but well maybe it doesn't sound crazy but I think that since I feel like the Grammys is a big marketing scheme 
then I feel like the majority of their faces to pertain to a mainstream audience, which is usually suburban white people. So I think what you say makes sense. Um, it's like when you watch the Oscars or the Emmys or the Golden Globes or literally any award show and you recognize like 30% of it and the other 70%, you're like, ugh, this doesn't look good. How is this even nominated? And it's for you to be like, well, that that show was Academy nominated, so it must have something good. And then you find out it's complete crap. So it's not really like what people actually like to watch. Hell, they don't even base who should win on that. Like, this isn't necessary. This isn't a show created by um, black artists, but The Good Place did not win nearly as many awards as it should have. I feel like a lot of these shows, a lot of these like, you know, primetime shows, these award shows, they're aiming towards an invisible America and they're like, what gets invisible America going? I know, white people and stereotypes. Mark, get the let out. We need some smiling white people on the stage and we need one of them to look like are they called gangsters now or rappers? Oh, that's both racist. Put gangster rapper on there. Get it out to middle America. But just a taste, just a taste. Just just a taste, not too much. Just let them have one bracelet on or one chain. Oh my gosh. It can't be too flavorful. And that's what black people say a lot too, is like, white people don't like a lot of flavor. But they like our flavor. They just don't execute it well. I know. They have to, like, dash a little bit on it to keep it interesting. But for the most part, they're like, ah, we still have to, like, you know, make sure our people know we're still, like, distinguished. So having said all that about, like, you know, these award shows being, like, rooted in racism, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, um, the theory that they are a marketing scheme or the idea that they're just kind of irrelevant now. What do we do with that? <laughs> do we do anything with it? Do Should we care any more about these award shows? I think for what they are, you can't care too much because if you do, then I guess you'll spend a lot of time being angry about something you can't really control. But um, if you look at it in terms of like prestige and how we were looking at it earlier, where, you know, black people are just like, what the fuck? Like, why aren't we getting our flowers? Um, then, yeah. It can be important. But I think it's just one of those things that, like, in the white supremacy, it'll just have to be completely destroyed and redone. We built it up. I can't sing. (laughs) (laughs) To break it back down. Maybe we just need, like, the Cisco O to, like, really convey the passion behind that. (laughs) I mean, I love Linkin Park. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's just one of those things of like we have to care because it exists, but no, I shouldn't say that. We have to care because it is prominent in what it symbolizes, no matter what our theory of what it symbolizes is. Um, but in terms of like us, I think it just parallels everything that we already experienced. Therefore, it's kind of triggering for us when it happens. And I think to like answer the question that I posed to me, these award shows, they're not affecting my everyday decision of what I do and don't want to watch or listen to. But I think it speaks to a larger problem of representation in our cultural landscape. Because as we repeatedly say over and over again, like, you know, black culture is American culture. And the fact that these, you know, smiling white faces tend to be the recipients of these awards and these dues. When you can see, like, just barely under the surface where the real influences come from and the other acts that were snubbed. You can just see that under the surface. And we still, like, perpetuate the myth that these are, like, the best shows or the best music or, you know, they're the these are the movers and shakers of the industry without acknowledging other real movers and shakers is a slap in the face and just perpetuates the myth that, you know, white people are superior in some way. And that they're the ones deserving of rewards. Well, I would bring it back to something you just said. Um, Like, it doesn't affect necessarily what you watch or what you consume, but it out, but it, it kind of affects your accessibility to what you like say you like i may destroy you and Mm -hmm. may destroy you is like you know critically acclaimed in other places but you know it's not like winning award shows and so eventually like i hope this never happens but i may destroy you is like okay you don't make enough money or you don't get enough eyes on our network so we're gonna have to drop you and so what professional producers are of whatever craft, whatever artistry is like, oh, we can't like make another I had made destroy you because it doesn't like, like I said, bring eyes to our network or it doesn't win awards or whatever the case is. So then it becomes this ever this loop of, well, we can't produce content by certain creators or certain content because it doesn't do well things that are quote-unquote groundbreaking might not get made because, you know, it's too much of a gamble. Whereas I could basically see, like, an iteration of Friends till time ad nauseum or whatever the phrase is. Mm-hmm. Because it's a pretty reliable thing. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say anything new. But I May Destroy You or even like Chewing Gum stories that are coming from a different perspective and share something kind of familiar but in a new light might not get made again because, you know, we're 
we're spending money to make this and we're spending money to on these campaigns to get it nominated and nothing is happening because of it. Mm-hmm. So why even bother when I know like, you know, friends 2.0 can clean up at every award show. I pitch it to you. All right. Again, marketing ploy with a touch of racism. Mm, but not like the hateful racism. It's the, I'm going to ignore you racism. It's not a mollywop, but it is a slap in the face. Yeah. One that stings, kind of lingers, kind of tingles. Mm-hmm. Those dream I may destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> and talk to me about it. Please. Yeah, please do. Because, I mean, it's not that I don't want to watch it. <laughs> Speaking of which, it doesn't win Grammys because people don't watch it. Like you, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, please, please do that because it's gonna take me a while. I don't have TV. I'm just like enjoying not ha- having television. I feel like the introvert in you is just thriving. <laughs> it is actually. I'm like mm, yes, like silence. Don't mind if I do. I mean, it's not even like the silence. It's just like. Uh, only introverts can understand this, but sometimes, like even the TV is, like, personally bothersome. Oh, my God. I will say that we've done a lot this year, right? In 2021? I think so. Exactly. And, I mean, really, like, we started off strong. Like, we put out an episode every week. We fucking did 1,000K. Or, no, not 1,000K. 1,000. 1K. 1k and we're on our road to 2k also we really appreciate everyone streaming us and engaging with us in social media and you know just we're we're chugging along and we're getting like bigger and bigger soon you won't be able to recognize us we'll be like oh what i I don't know who you are (laughs) who who are you you want to speak to who (laughs) but um I will take this time to say thank you to our super fans. Do you want to say it? Yes. Okay. So um, a lot of you guys interact with us on social media and we really appreciate like giving us hype and um, just like, you know, letting us know that you fuck with us as we requested so earnestly. Begged. So so we really appreciate um, one of our listeners, um, Alyssa. Hey. So thank you, Alyssa. You know who you are. You know who you be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ryan Hard for us, reposting our shit, interacting, yeah. listening to our bigs. <laughs> <laughs> Doing exactly what we say that same week. I mean, honestly, I post up social media. Alyssa's right there. <laughs> Just cheering in the audience we didn't know we had. Like, yes. Going. We're like, oh. We see you, Queen. <laughs> so, yes, everyone be like Alyssa. Um, we are the <laughs> the filthy the filthy parents, and just like, wait, why can't you be like your sister? <laughs> you notice how she cheers all the time. Be like that, just prompt and like just timely all the time. And meanwhile, the rest of you, thank you, but be louder, please. <laughs> 
be better. So anyway, <laughs> please. We're so fucked up. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you so much for a thousand. <laughs> One thousand streams. One thousand. <laughs> I love it.